Warning, this podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Bands. Welcome to Records and Bands, I'm Rob Jones, Leon's already here and so is Jamie, but we'll kick off tonight with our on-the-spot question of the week. So gents, which of today's megastars would you most likely see rocking the spandex other than Harry Styles? Wow, that is a. <laughs> it's like wh- which one do you think? Wh- which of like today's pop icons either would you most like to see in spandex, or is most likely to be seen in the spandex? Either or is up to you. Lewis Capaldi has definitely done spandex at some point. I'm sure of it. <laughs> Stole my answer. Oh, really? <laughs> oh right, there you go then. Sorry, mate. <laughs> no, there we go then so Lewis Capaldi also Rag and Bone Man I'd like to see in spandex and uh, is he the guy with the face tats yeah that's him yeah he's yeah. a big guy to fit in spandex yeah but I think that sort of adds to the lord, doesn't it <laughs> I think Harry Styles does go around in spandex generally doesn't he or honestly pretty tight he's down the co-op in spandex I'm sure he is but he's down there all the time in his slippers and his spandex and his feather boa <laughs> Um, tonight, as you may have put together, we're getting into the debut album from Lowestoft's finest, The Darkness. So released on the 7th of July, 2003, Permission to Land went straight into number two in the album charts before climbing to the number one spot and staying there for four weeks, eventually selling 1.4 million copies in the UK alone. Amazing. They won Brit Awards for Best Group, Best Rock Group and Best Album. And Kerrang! put Permission to Land at 49 in its top 50 albums of the 21st century. Wow. The big singles were I Believe in a Thing Called Love, Growing on Me, Get Your Hands Off of My Woman, and Love is Only a Feeling. Also, and only available on the German version of the album, their song Christmas Time, Don't Let the Bells End has become a staple on the British Christmas playlist. So, Leon, this was your choice of record, so give us a brief overview of... What makes this a special record for you? And then we can maybe get into some categories. Right. Okay. Uh, For me, listening to The Darkness when they first came out was almost like vindication. I'd been listening to rock and metal for years and taken an awful lot of beef and stick from other people about how backwards it was and uncool and unfashionable etc etc and then all of a sudden this band from nowhere appears and just starts absolutely ripping it up everybody was buying it everybody you know even like mums with tots and all that type of thing they were all buying permission to land and it's really special for me because it is it is now my second favorite band after maiden and having listened to Maiden for so many years, and to finally come in with something else that was as good, was was just brilliant because it was something else that I could collect, which I still do. So yeah, that's for me. So it's definitely in like your wheelhouse, isn't it? Oh yeah. Um. So, but Jamie, where does it fit in for you? Because you're that little bit younger than we are. So you must have been a kid when it came out. Yeah, I would have been eleven or twelve. Oh bloody hell. Yeah, but that it was like so. So as of 
said before on this podcast, I would have been into rock and metal and, and all of that. It would have come from my dad or my uncle. And it was always something that was sort of passed down or that I'd had to go and find. But when this came out, this was like, it was like this same thing I'd been listening to and that I was interested in. But this one was kind of ours. This one came out, it was fresh and new and it was like nothing that was out at the time. I did buy it. I did listen to it a lot. And it was the first big arena gig I ever went to. All right. Where was that to? NEC in Birmingham. All right. <laughs> me, me and my dad. Oh, I'd have been there with you. Because <laughs> that's exactly where I saw It was the winter, the winter tour. And I'm pretty sure they did the Christmas song. They had Christmas trees. They did, Christmas yeah. trees lit up at the side stage and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I still got, still got the T-shirt upstairs. This is quite cool because me and Jamie connected because... Um, one of his mates he had on the podcast, on the Talking Dad podcast, um, had been to see The Offspring in Manchester oh, in like yeah. 1997 or something. And I had been to the same gig. Yeah. So I, like, like the very first message I sent to Jamie was, <laughs> I reckon I was at the same gig as your mate. Yeah. And now you two have been to the same darkness yeah. gig. Yeah. So it, was ex- it would have been exactly the same darkness. Because if you remember um, Justin Hawkins doing the lead guitar break on a white tiger yes. over the top of the crowd, that was it. That was... Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, the when the Christmas song started, they wheeled on, uh, as you say, Christmas trees and polystyrene snowmen, and then a load of uh, dwarfs came on dressed up as elves. <laughs> Before we get too deep into the record, Leon does have another claim to fame that he's actually been supported. His band had been supported by the Darkness. Yeah, <laughs> yes, Could, yeah, sort of. They were finishing on the main stage at Lake Fest at East Norcastle just as we were about to start up in one of the side tents. So my claim to fame is as they were finishing, they warmed the crowd up for us. <laughs> <laughs> you headlined over the darkness. Indeed. Yeah, I think that's, uh, we were the last act on. Well, no, actually there was one more after us, but most people had gone to bed by then. So with this record, I kind of almost, but not quite, put it in that like novelty category which probably isn't very fair and you're probably going to shout at me. But I think like around that time, so like 2003, so you've got, you're at the height of bubblegum pop, Britney Spears, just, oh, NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, all of that. And all the rock music that is around is like very earnest, very introspective, new metal. It's Deftones and Corn. And all of that kind of not shoegazy, but you get on. I'm on about. Yeah. Whereas novelty might be unfair. It was definitely something very different and not what you'd expect from a rock band in 2003. Oh, absolutely. Is that fair? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's definitely fair. And as Jay, uh, Jay, Jamie quite rightly said, they just came out of nowhere. Sounded like stuff that you'd liked before, but sounding like nothing else you'd heard before they were just yeah from from out of nowhere that's a faith no more song oh was it (laughs) (laughs) no right let's get into some categories so the first category we usually go for is what is the best song on the album now i do have a couple of little bits of listener engagement shall we say brian from my weekly mixtape he says his go-to track is i believe in thing called love is a proper banger for him um, and Mike House, who plays drums with Sam, very much likes the opening riff for Black Shuck. And Given Up 
and Stuck in a Rut are his favourite songs on the album. Oh, okay. So I expect Leon's got quite a bit to say on this matter. So Leon. Okay. Which are the runners and riders and what is your favourite song on the record? First off, I've got to start by saying there's not a bad track on it. Nothing. Nothing is wrong with anything on that album. It is just wall-to-wall banger. Everything works. Everything sounds brilliantly produced and fantastically well-written. Uh, even things that sound simple aren't simple. I've literally just been trying to play the opening riff for You're Growing On Me, and it's more complicated than it looks. <clears throat> so, um, but my favourite, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm holding my own. That's a surprise. Completely left field. And there's a couple of reasons for that, is it's a brilliant ballad. The pacing of it is perfect. This, it doesn't feel rushed or over heavy. It's just, it's got a beautifully sensual guitar solo and it just feels like a really well-crafted song. And probably that's followed up by You're Really Growing On Me and my third favourite being, uh, I believe in a thing called Love. Also of note is Love On The Rocks. Jamie, what are your takers? What, do you, what have you got? So I've got Love Is Only A Feeling, which I think was the second single released off the album, but I really like that one. I believe in a thing called love um, almost didn't make my list just because I thought it was too obvious and spent quite a few hours in the uh, rehearsal room and the band practice room at school trying to learn to play that <laughs> Friday night as well. I just like, I like the story of that. It's well written. Yeah. I like Friday night. I believe in a thing called love is the banger, isn't it? It's the lead single. It's, it's a bit like um, Sam always says that um, if anyone tells you that common people isn't pop's best song, then you know, they don't know what they're on about and like that is far and away a massive you know it's, it's it like it does stand up above everything else on the album for me year 2000s up there with that though what common people yeah not the full-length album version oh okay that's yeah. corrected <laughs> yeah yeah still ain't man <laughs> oh yeah again i also like friday night i kind of we'll get into it in a minute i like the, the sort of lyrical gymnastics you know, mm. Thursday is bowling, Tuesday gymnastics. Like just the way he gets it in, this little bit of a lyrical play. Is there any songs that you like to skip, Jamie, or you, that you might skip, or you think, oh, I'm done now? Or you... I, I only really put the last the last track on on the album, making out. Just I think mainly because even back when I was listening to this regularly, just because it's the last song. By that point, I kind of. I was all darkness out. So if I had to pick one, that would be it. But apart from that, I mean, like Leon says, there's not really a bad track on there. Yeah. So I, um, I'm not actually keen on black shark. I think it's quite a lot. It's quite, it's a bit much. And by the time we get to love on the rocks, which I like, I like that as a song, but the ones that come after that, I'm kind I'm kind of done after Love on the Rocks with No Ice. That I, that's enough darkness for me. You've taken a beating by that point, I think, haven't you? Or your ears have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, yeah. Leon, is there anything that you would skip? Black Shuck. That's yeah. literally the weakest song on the album for me. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just the weakest. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like listening to it. But yeah, not my most... Not, my favourite on the album. I was mentioned before that I really like, you know, the lyrical gymnastics in Friday Night, the way it kind of, it's it's almost um, Seven Days by Craig David, but a bit more fun, isn't it? 
But is there anything on that you kind of think, oh, that's amazing. I wish I'd written that. <laughs> and don't just say the whole album like Sam has been in the past. I would, I would have loved this to have been my work, all of it. But for me, that opening riff to um, Growing On Me is just, as I say, sounds simple. It's just the effects on it and the notes all ringing together. It's drop D tuning. And it, it's just that drum with the, the picking making the melody. It's a chord and the melody rolled into one. And it's just a beautiful intro. I'd love to be able to write like that. It builds as well, like a proper oh, song, doesn't it? Yeah. And then as soon as it gets into like, because it, it's a drop D tuning, all of the chords are bar chords. So there's real power there, real power in every chord. Because Justin Hawkins does play guitar as well, doesn't he? So that's mm. like, so it is two guitarists, bass and drums, isn't it? Yeah. I think from what I remember of what I've seen him three times live now. And I think there's an awful lot of Dan Hawkins carrying the, the verse sort of chord patterning and Justin will kind of add embellishments with lead breaks and things like that and little licks. So what I find really complex with a lot of the darkness stuff is syncopation with the vocals to the guitar, which I think Justin has commented before on his own podcast. So it would make sense to have Dan carrying the brunt of yeah, the, yeah, yeah. you know, the rhythm section side of things. So yeah, yeah. Because yeah, sometimes like the vocals, they do match up with what the guitars are playing and then other times they're just like a little bit off, just enough to throw you out a bit and it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is, it, it's a skill for certain and when you watch Justin Hawkins, you really appreciate how bloody talented that guy is. Jamie, anything on for the Wish I'd Written That Award that you'd like to highlight? Friday night, probably, just for just for the way it's written. Yeah. Just I just think it's quite clever, really, for, for the album. That's probably about it. But maybe get your hands off my woman, just because it's... I think for the time, that's a bit of an outrageous song to write. Have you heard the Ben Folds version? Did I send it to you, Leon, in the yeah, end or not? You did, yeah. yeah. Did you listen to it? What did you think to it? I liked it. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Isn't I thought it? it was an interesting take. It was like Terrorvision's version of uh, Bring Your Daughter to Slaughter. Yeah. In its differenceness, if that's yeah. a word. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's just, just again, it's because it's just him on a piano. It's like a little bit different. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I really, I really like it. I almost prefer it to the original, but that's just because I'm biased. Just while we're on, like, I wish I'd written that, lyrics across the album, it's really weird because they're quite. Not throwaway, but there is that kind of comedy aspect to them alongside the storytelling. And he does love a swear. Mm. And I sometimes wonder if that lets him down a little bit. But lyrically, it's really strong in the genre, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know until recently that Growing On Me was actually about uh, genital warts. That's literally <laughs> my discovery <laughs> within the last 12 months. I always thought it was just about a relationship that <laughs> was going sour. And that he that's, it's a really lovely song. It is. It is. But it is about genital warts. That is literally what it's about. So. <laughs> How many tracks off this album do you reckon to make a best of The Darkness then? Six. Jay, any advance on six? Uh, no, I got five. Yeah, I went with five as well. And basically the singles plus fr Friday night, I think, is what I was thinking. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The problem is they've got another 
six studio albums with stuff that's of equal quality. So you've easily got 30, 25, 30 tracks to put on a best of. So I can honestly say that I don't think I've listened to any other album apart from the last one we did, like way back the first time you were on the podcast, Leon. What was that one? Pinewood Smile. Pinewood Smile. So that's the only other one I've listened to. And this is one of those records for me that the one album is probably enough or one of those bands for me where like that one album is enough there's a few bands like that where you kind of like there's one album that you love and you listen to loads and then you don't really bother with any of their other stuff but leon as again going back to you because you're the fan is it the best album from the artist how does it stack up against it against its peers if you like against the other darkness albums that's actually a very difficult question to answer for a number of reasons. One is because, is it their best? Justin Hawkins certainly thinks it's his most significant. And I think in terms of significance, yes, it's easily their best work. However, I went on the record as saying Pinewood Smile was one of my favourites. And I think at that point they were just growing as musicians. They've come away from a little bit of the innuendo and uh, were producing at that point really, really good rock songs. But it's a really difficult question to answer because Easter is Cancelled is a brilliant album. Pinewood Smile is a brilliant album. Hot Cakes is a brilliant album. Difficult, mate. That's a really difficult question. Uh, The other albums then, I've I've just got them up. So we've got this one, Permission to Land 2003, One Way Ticket to Heaven Back. I remember the single off of that but I wasn't engaged at all. Did you mess around with any of their other albums, Jamie? I bought the second one. I can't really remember too much off it. Um, probably like the, the single, the one or two singles that came out. But I, I think by that point, I think I kind of like peaked with them. And then it was a couple of years before the second album came out. And I think mm-hmm. I probably moved on by then. I think Arctic Monkeys, Monkeys probably took over by that point. Well, this is the thing. So what, One Way Ticket to Heaven back was 2005, and then the next album, Hot Cakes, wasn't until 2012. So as I, I think Justin Hawkins had some issues, didn't he? Yeah. He... Frank Pulletine left the band as well, and I think the drummer, drummer was having issues too. Didn't he go off and do some um, Eurovision Song Contest stuff as well? Yeah, he did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. British, British Whale, I think he did, or something like that. That was yeah. the Eurovision Song Contest. He, thing, he had entry, a band. He had a band called Hot Leg. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So um, Hot Leg was his solo stuff. He pretty much wrote it all himself. Played every instrument. Had a couple of guest artists on there, but that was a that was a brilliant album as well. If you can write an entire song about chickens, brilliant. <laughs> We've then got Last of Our Kind, twenty fifteen. Pinewood Smile 2017, Easter is cancelled from 2019, and Motorheart 2021. So how how does the new one stack up? I would say um, Motorheart is in my lower half. Right. I think it's it's going for something a little bit more ACDC-esque crossed with status quo. Right, because on his YouTube channel, he's been talking quite a lot about ACDC and stuff. Hmm recently so i wonder if that influence has come more and more do you watch his youtube channel jay yeah i have done yeah yeah what do you think of it i think it's really cool i quite like it yeah i think since 
you mentioned it a while ago when we were talking and, and I mm. checked it out a couple of times and yeah, I think it is quite good. It's, it's got some good insight into stuff, hasn't he? And um, This is it. I was really surprised with how much of like a muso he was in that he knows the proper technical terms for everything. It's almost like he's actually had proper music lessons in the past rather than being a self-taught wanker like the rest of us. But he's the first to admit that he doesn't really know as much as he should. He sat watching him thinking, how does he know that? How does he know where to go instinctively? Where would this land in your list of top albums of all time? Jamie, would it would it make the list? I've put it's probably not. Right, okay. And then I, I, I wrote down it maybe squeezes into the top 30 for nostalgia purposes, but right. I'd have to sit and write that list out to find out, I suppose. I've also said it's not, if I'm being really honest, and I don't like to be negative, but if we weren't doing it for the podcast, I probably wouldn't have listened to it ever again. <laughs> honest? Yeah, no, not because there's, I think, you know, oh, it's that, it's so terrible. It's not. It's not a bad record. It's, mm. it's a fun it's a fun record, but it's not something that I'd put on again. But Leon, where where would you rank it in your list of all time albums? It's definitely in my top twenty, without a doubt. Bearing in mind that there's seventeen Iron Maiden albums, so to be in the top twenty, it's it's going to be up there with some of my favourite Maiden. But bearing in mind that some of my Maiden won't make it into my top twenty, so. <laughs> Yeah, there. I would say it's at least top fifteen, purely and simply because at the time there was nothing like it, and it just never left my stereo. It was great to finally be able to drive around town in my little gold mini, smashing the darkness out the windows. Just brilliant. So that was permission to land. We've been records and bands. Drop us a line on Instagram. We're at records and bands. Uh, let us know what we got wrong. If you can check us a fiver on our Patreon, that'd be really cool. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. Cheers, everybody.